Okay, Dan Talks listeners, this week is very unique because we are talking to somebody who has a very stressful, important job that he does very well. It's also somebody who has an unhealthy attraction to me, and (laughs) the conversation weaves in and out of talk of Homeland Security and the work he does and also his interjections about his desire to be with me in an intimate way. So there, are, we met several years ago. Um, it was nice. It was like one night. He was a friend of a friend, and but we became Facebook friends. And back then, he was a security guard at a club. But now he works for the Department of Homeland Security as an investigator and is also married and um so anyway it we met up again here in new york and had a very interesting weaving conversation and i hope you enjoy it and i hope it makes you laugh and maybe feel safer maybe not but at least more informed i know it left me feeling more appreciative of the work that goes on behind the scenes every day of people that we don't even know we're doing so much to protect all of us so shout out to all of you who are doing that work and also shout out to my guest okay enjoy everyone hi dan talks listeners welcome to another episode of dan talks i'm here with daniel and your last name is going to remain unset unset for security purposes that's correct you're a security professional i am a investigator with the department of homeland security oh wow you, I met you in Rochester when you were security at clubs. Yes, correct. And you're tall and hot and black and gay and have this weird, like, gun-on-your-belt career. Correct. And a lot of people find you attractive. Probably. And, but you're married. I am married. Are you in an open marriage? No. <laughs> I'm not in an open marriage, no. You're, you're in a cl- an open marriage. <laughs> you're in a closed marriage. I'm in a closed marriage, yes. Okay. And monogamous. Yes. That's what that means. Yes. Can you turn your phone off? Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry. Yes. Or just silence it. For the purposes of this podcast, I would turn my phone off and let the criminals know that I'm not working right now. Okay, perfect. Crime can sleep. Crime can sleep right now. So you went to college for? I went to college for computer science and engineering. Mm-hmm. I minored in cr- criminal justice. Okay. And then your first, were you a security guard during college? I was an armed security guard during college. Okay, armed. Um, Two totally different things, Daniel. <laughs> I'm Dan, you're Daniel. Dan. Um, and when I met you, you were not working, you were at the club. Repeat that? When I met you, you weren't working, you were just at the club with all yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah, I was at the club, correct. You're a friend of my very close friend. Yep. And that's how we met. Yep. And um, how would how'd you recall that night? It was beautiful, right? Yeah, gorgeous night. You were visiting from out of town. Um, I was actually single at the time, so I didn't know who you were. Mm-hmm. And I think Bree was trying to do a, a kind of like a setup. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a good time. We had a good night. It was, it was very successful. A couple of drinks, very successful. Do you want to elaborate on that? What does successful no. mean? No, I'm just saying it was a successful you attempt had a by Bree to. I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, now when we became Facebook friends, yep. you, um, what struck me about you is that you 
Uh, you like to share on Facebook a lot. You like are interested in police stories, crime stories. Yep. And you also have a pretty like, like uh, most of my other friends who post police crime things are like, oh, the police are so bad. You do a lot of pro police like, like blue. Do you do Blue Lives Matter stuff? Nope, no Blue Lives Matter. Okay, because that's like racy and weird. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit. Because it's like saying like. Yeah, it's very biased, and I mean. But you are a little conservative-y. Uh, yeah, one would argue. And that's what's interesting is that you're gay, black, secu- well, what you're an investigator now. I am an investigator, yes. What your field is? Uh, counterterrorism. Counter- well, now it's counter. It used to be drunk guys at the bar. It used to be drunk guys at the bar when I didn't have a career. <laughs> now that I have one, it is totally focused on people who are committing uh, felonies within the United States who are illegal immigrants. That's what I focus on. Really? Yes, really. So is it as bad as the terrible president says it is? Probably worse. It's the crime that undocumented Uh, immigrants commit in the United States is worse than what the president says? So I can easily name five different cases where there's been illegal immigrants who have committed uh, murders amongst people who are United States citizens. But I'm going to encourage your listeners to go Google that themselves because it will actually be a learning experience for how imperative this issue is in our country. Yes, but that's five. I'm just giving five as an example. Well, There's I can more give than that. I can give twelve white guys who've done crazy mass shootings, and that's a, another example. They were citizens, born here. That's that's a fair comment. Yes, but what? But the argument and the topic right now is about illegal immigrants. So if we want to stay on that railroad, well, no, my topic is what's the biggest problem. In the United States right now? Yeah, in terms of uh, counterterrorism efforts. Uh, I think the biggest problem right now in the United States uh, in regards to counterterrorism efforts would be uh, monitoring the individuals who are uh, what we call homegrown terrorists. Uh, Those individuals are people who kind of look like yourself. Normalities are of white American males or U.S. military personnel or just organic people grew up here who are in grandma's basement mm-hmm. typing on their computers communicating with people who are al-Qaeda members or ISIS members or other terrorist groups who are looking to compromise on individuals who are of you know common nature of the United States mm-hmm. those are the people we're most worried about and who are the biggest threat to our nation but they have less angular faces than I do less symmetrical face they're a little uglier I'm like kind of different in that I'm more attractive physically and and mentally sharper sure yeah Um, but that is the biggest threat don't don't laugh yet don't laugh yet (laughs) that's the biggest threat yes so it's not undocumented immigrants sorry I can't answer that what are you talking about? You can't answer that. I can't answer that. Who, well, who should I ask, Daniel? I don't agree that one topic is bigger or less than the other. They're all threats. They're all yes. major issues. And I guess you're assigned to undocumented immigrants who commit crimes. Can't answer that. You just said that earlier. I can't answer that. I can tell you what I'm assigned to. Okay, right. I but that's your t- area. I can tell you that I work in an area that is focused on combating crimes that will impact the normality of your quality of life. Okay, great. Period. Well, and to that I say thank you so much. I have super not been a victim of terrorism yet, which is like 
pretty great. Are you afraid and concerned about the word yet, that you have to even use it? Uh, yes. But this is the other thing I think about being in New York. It's like a lot of things happen where, you know, it's in populous places that pe- that are targets. But then again, it's like it's happening everywhere with the mass shooting, so it's sort of like irrelevant. But I always feel like if I was ever going to be a victim of one of these things, it's like I want to be in New York no matter what. And if I have to die being in New York, worth it. Like, I don't know. I yeah. feel like it's not worth it to me to try to, like, choose a place that's safer, quote-unquote. Because New York, how yeah, how safe is New York versus, like, Kansas City or Springfield, Illinois? So that's a great question, right? One would argue that, you know, there's probably a possibility that Kansas would be less of a threat than a bigger city like New York. What we found is that individuals who are looking to compromise on the American life or quality of life don't have a specific uh, geographical area that they focus on. They have a a specific um, area of opportunity. So wherever the opportunity is greater is where these people will try to compromise on your quality of life. So it's actually random, right? We call it random acts of violence for a reason because we can't pinpoint a cause to why the crime happened. We can say, okay, maybe maybe this is a responsibility of ISIS, but we can't really prove that unless A, they say, well, we take responsibility for that and we have to prove that in other means. And then you have another spectrum of you know, the investigation takes about 14 months to three years to complete. So we have so many different things that we have to go through as far as like uh, recommitting the crime ourselves through a mathematical and scientific way. Uh, we're taking pictures, we're gathering evidence, we're fingerprinting, we're talking to relatives and deep relatives, ex-wives, girlfriends, people who have known these people longer than we have. Mm-hmm. And we try to reconstruct everything that they put together. And that takes time. This is after they've done something? After they've done something. Uh-huh. So we can't really figure out the big picture for some time. So everything you hear on the news after crimes where you hear, oh, you know, well, this person was mentally ill. And they did this because they have an issue against Mexicans, right? You might hear something like that. I think you heard that within the uh, Texas incident, right. right? We actually don't factually know that. Uh Think of it as an educated guess. Based off the information that we have at that time, we can give you that statement. It's kind of like when the Pulse shooting happened and they said that it was an anti-gay thing, which, like, on a certain level, obviously it is. But then they did the investigation. It's like he went to Disney World first and didn't work out. And then he, like, was driving by and just chose it. Uh, You know, and I can't, I, I legally can't comment on that issue. Yeah. But what I can tell you is when these major incidents happen, these mass shootings, these mass catastrophes, it's not based off of um, what you would call a terroristic uh, catastrophe or, you know, this person was a crazy white kid whose parents didn't raise him right. We don't investigate that way. We investigate based off off of factual evidence. Mm -hmm. Once we gather all this factual evidence, we put it on one big conglomerate consortium then we will give you a synopsis of what happened. And that takes a lot of time. It takes at least two years. Two years? Yes. Well, how do you factually find out that his parent didn't do a good job? Uh, So, you know, that's a great question. Um, And I'll restate that question. You said to me, how do you find out if the parents did a good job, right? That may be a small... For example, my parents did a fabulous job. Right. One would argue the opposite. And... Oh! (laughs) (laughs) And I hope... (laughs) 
And the 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 answer to your question is, you know, that might be actually 20% of the big problem, right? We will go to that parent, we'll do a, what like, we call... Do you suck or not? Yeah. We'll and do they're it. like, I mean, kind of. And you're like, okay, put that on a 5 out of 10. Yeah, and, and to put that into our terms is we'll do a deep dive synopsis on how they raise their kids. It's a questionnaire. <laughs> we'll sit them down for probably an hour and we'll, we'll ask some questions that will give us some some insights into what we will determine. And you do that? I do that, yeah. You, so you sit down with the parents of the crazies? Yeah, that's one aspect of my job. Do you do it here in New York? Does it matter that we say where you are? Um, it's implied that you're here because I'm here. Yeah, that's fine. That does not mean I work here because I don't. Okay, so you will fly to X place to do it there at... Correct. In a weird location, like undisclosed, like community center thing? Um, so it's... Um, uh, typically interview offices or safe houses that we host. Okay. And so you, how often are you, how many cases are you working on at one time? Uh, sometimes a dozen, sometimes more. And they can take months, years to like work out? Uh, depending on the severity of the crime, yes. And you're dealing with stuff that happened, not like a preventative research? No, there's definitely some preventative cases as well. Okay. We just arrested a kid probably two weeks ago whose parent, um, pretty much wrote into us and said that she thinks that her son uh, is going to commit a mass shooting crime and uh, handed over some journals that he wrote in and based off of those journals and from some uh, surveillance we determined that it was appropriate to make an arrest so he he was arrested two weeks ago wow and the journal says stuff like or maybe not allowed to say but it says stuff like i want to do this yeah so that's an ongoing investigation so i can't speak about that Uh uh-huh but it says stuff that you're like, this is bad. The, it, well, the it, mom thought it was, or the dad thought it was bad. It, it was enough probable cause for us to make an arrest. Wow. Do yeah. you put the handcuffs on? Sometimes. Whoa. Okay, sorry, I don't mean to get... Do you like handcuffs? Okay, we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's the thing is, you have a very... Um, sexually, are you, like, very dominant? Yes. And do you ever get exhausted of being dominant all the time? No. Do you get exhausted of being submissive? Yes. Yeah. I sometimes I'm like, okay, that's I'm on, I've had enough doing. I know. This. Okay, we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, but you really don't get tired of it. How about? Are we going to tell your viewers or, or listeners? The, the viewers and listeners understand what the situation is. Do they know about our first encounter? We met at a bar, and then we no, went to your first house. encounter at my house. That's the. <laughs> there's nothing to really count or count in that encounter. So we're not going to tell them that, like, you could barely take it? Okay! Jeez, Daniel! Okay. I won't say anything else. For being, for being the anonymous one, you're really putting me out to pasture here. I mean, you told me I can have fun on this, so have I fun. did tell you, unfortunately, you can have fun. Um, you don't... I'm interested in the vulnerability piece that, like, your job's, like, to never be vulnerable and to, like, always be on top of it and to always be directing something and stopping something and, like, be in the driver's seat, basically. You never, like, want to get, like, tied up and told you're a bad boy or, like... Are we talking... Well, I'm talking I'm talking sexually, but I'm also talking just in life. Like, do you ever want to, like, go get a massage or you just want to go get your toes done? I or, get like, massages. Mm-hmm. I get pedicures, yeah. Mm-hmm. But are you ever... You're never, like, at the will of someone else. Like, you're... No, all, not really. And you don't care to do that? Not really. Did you feel that way when you were a kid? I was dating women. No, um, but I'm saying as a young kid, did you feel like you didn't have enough power or something? No. 
I, I've never been like a power-driven person. I'm not in a power-driven role. Uh-huh. I don't tell people what they do. Yeah. Uh, I find factual evidence. I do it in very intricate ways, in very smart, intelligent ways that people don't even understand because they're just too incompetent to understand how I do it because I'm trained well. And it's not a power thing. It's uh-huh. more of a, it's a philosophy thing. It's a brain thing. Right. And you're so humble, which is like amazing. Sure. That's a joke that you're not. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's okay. Not everyone is smart in every way. Um, <laughs> do you see yourself in this career for a long time? Um, you know, I get poached. You know, we. You got this. Yeah, C- what's the sweeter gig? I'm sure there's like like private investigator stuff. You got you got the CIA. You got the because you're at the you, you're at the Department of Homeland Security. You got the CIA. You got the FBI. You got DHS. Mm. You got. Um, Secret Service, you got there's a federal uh, postal service. They have a the postal service. They have a police agency. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of mail fraud. There's a lot of packages oh. that have bombs and shit in them. Oh, oh, oh. So those guys handle all that on top of the support from us. So you got all these federal agencies, and uh, you got local too. You got sheriff's agencies, the state police, the local police. So all these people, they see credentials to see people like me they're young it's got a lot of life left you um live in a really fancy building i haven't been there but now yeah. so you used to live in rochester now you live in new york yeah did you meet your boyfriend your husband in rochester yes why'd you pause i just don't want to give up my identity that's all oh okay sorry okay got it but okay that's fine to leave in right yeah okay um but you moved to new york together and now you live in a fancy building i live in a building yes a big glass building Yes. Like what floor? The 30th. Yep. Yeah, so that's fancy. And do you look over Jersey or the other way? I look over downtown Manhattan. Nice. Not the corner. I'm in a corner apartment, yes. So you face south and west? South and east. South and east. Oh, cool. So you see the Empire State Building? Correct. Whoa. So you've like fucked and looked at the Empire State Building? Correct. That's nice, right? Yeah. Did it this morning. Oh, that's nice. Are you mor- morning or night? I have videos. That's not... <laughs> that's gross. Don't. I'm sorry, listeners. I, I might have to cut that part out. Don't say stuff like that. Um, I always thought that you were in an open marriage because you say stuff like that. Are you not sharing that you're in an open marriage? Um, yeah, I'm in a heterosexual marriage. Uh huh. With your husband. With my with my wife. With your wife named David or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, is, I I'm not sure what his name is. Uh, Chris. His name's Chris. What? It's stop giving away your. Oh, it's. Oh, you're winking. It's not really that. Okay, we're not giving away your identity. So, you have a very nice apartment. Do you make a? You must make a lot of money. Maybe. How much? I can't tell you that. You're anonymous. Two hundred k. No, you don't. Two hundred k. No, you do not. Two hundred k. I cannot believe. Hey, barfing guy, get out of this bar! Makes two hundred k five years later. What do you think I'm worth? Like seventy five, like the rest of us. <laughs> actually, that's not fair. You're doing stuff that's really saving lives, actually. So that's pro- that's not fair to say. Um, do you? F- how does it feel making two hundred thousand dollars? I mean, I get taxed like every other exec. I don't know. Yeah, but you have like a lot of money. Do you go on nice trips? Sometimes. What do you? Are you a saver? My husband makes more money than I do. What? Yeah. You guys are pulling half a mil a year? 
<laughs> my husband makes more money than I am. That's all I'm saying. You guys are pushing half a mil on the annual? <laughs> <laughs> are you saving to buy? Nope. You're renting? Yep. Thing of country home? Nope. Why not? Suburbs. What? Yep. To live? Connecticut. What? Yep. See, this is the Rochester coming out because you guys don't really care for the city because you're like, oh, it's... Connecticut's a great place, man. Is it, though? It is. No, it's not. It is. Have you ever been? I've driven through. Connecticut sucks. Everyone knows Connecticut sucks. No, it doesn't. It's full of great people who have really good ambitions in life. Oh, my God. You sound like whiter than me. That's horrible. (laughs) How much, um, how much, like, shitty comments like that do you get? Like, oh, you're, like, more white than I am or, like, oh, you're... Get that a lot. And because a lot of your friends are white, and it's like the Rochester was like a white scene. It's a white scene. I'd imagine that's like you know annoying. Dan, that's a great question. All right, and let's think of it this way: when you go to a suburban town, and you're from a black family, you're a black guy, and you get a really good education at a really good tech school, you become and and you're from a really good suburban school. Number one, the state. You become one state. New York. Oh, you? No, to high school here. Oh, okay. I thought you were from California. I am from California. You're right. I moved here when I was uh, in middle school. Okay. You become uh, part of the authentic educational society, right? If I went to the Rochester City School District, I probably would have a gun on my hip still, but I'd probably be in the inner city shooting other things versus bad guys and mm-hmm. talking in a different way than I am talking now. Mm-hmm. It's a cultural thing. It's an opportunity to do one or two things. I can have the opportunity to go live in the inner city and do drugs and sell them and rob people and whatever else they do, or I can choose to get an education, invest in myself, listen to my parents, do the right thing, and impact people's lives in a positive way. I, everyone has choices, right? And so I didn't land where I landed because my parents are rich, because they definitely are not. Mm-hmm. I landed where I landed because I had a choice, mm-hmm. and I chose to make the choice that I made. And some people don't have the choice. I Like some people are in that school that's really bad, for example. I think everyone has a choice at the very beginning to know what situation they're in, right? Mm-hmm. Opportunity is a and tough some, thing. And some situations are easier than others. Yes. Opportunity is a really hard thing to argue about because, mm-hmm. I, you know, city school districts are tough. Poverty is tough. But because you weren't in poverty. No, I wasn't in poverty. But I, I would argue that, and, and I'll never know what this is like. Maybe some of my cousins will because some of my cousins grew up in very high poverty areas. And I'm referencing totally that experience. One of my cousins who grew up in a high poverty area is now a state trooper, New York State Police, and he's been there for four years now, four and a half years, and smoked weed for his first, you know, two years of college, and, you know, would fuck girls and go to parties, six these packs of beer, and drink them all, and end up, you know, drunk in yards, shit like that. These Those things are all fine, by the way, listeners. Just want to throw that out there. And, yeah, for the first two years. Funny story <laughs> about my cousin, actually, and your listeners will find this very funny. He went down to North Carolina before he was a state trooper. Where well, I went to college. Yep. Uh, being a drunk ass, got really drunk. What was, I did, I'm just kidding. Was staying at a friend's house uh-huh. and got drunk at the bars and went back to that friend's house. Went to the friend's uh, window because he couldn't get through the front door. Went to the refrigerator, drank some water, made a sandwich, passed out on the 
on the couch. Woke up in the morning to the owner of the house with a shotgun to his face because he broke into the wrong house. <gasps> it was a neighbor's house. Oh, Not honey. his friend's house. Honey. Yes. So Then guess, again, free sandwich. Guess what the neighbor did? He called the police. Uh-huh. So the police came, and my buddy went through the whole court process as a burglar. Thank God. Was he guy, white or black? My, my buddy? Yeah. Or my cousin? It's actually my cousin. Oh, he's your cousin. Yeah. Oh, okay. He is black, and the owners are white, but that had nothing to do with the owners. The owners. If you see a rando, oh, they helped him in the end because he did something that my mom told him to do, and he wrote a letter to the owner stating exactly what happened. And Uh guess what they did? They said we want to drop the charges. Wow. Okay, great. That's the only reason why he's a state trooper today. Wow. Anything else on his record, he'd be done. But you've never done anything stupid? Oh, have I? But you haven't been arrested? Never been arrested. You should have been. Nope, shouldn't have been. I've done stupid shit like... Yeah, what's the biggest crime you've committed, Ugh. Mr. Anonymous? The Daniel biggest Anonymous. crime that I've committed, and, you know, it's funny because when we do our backgrounds, they find out all the stupid shit that we've done. Yes. Even if we haven't been arrested. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> So we went to PA and we bought fireworks. Pennsylvania, you know, fucking you know the the Roman candles. It. I don't know because I grew up in a restaurant. So Roman family, candles, you light it and like a bunch of like fireworks come out like twelve at a time. Okay. So you pretty much you point that at someone and it's like a fucking fire rocket just like constantly shooting. And at you them. did that. Uh, so I put that in my buddy's trunk of his car, and as you know, the gas tank's kind of back there as well. <laughs> So I, ac- I actually really do not know that. But I was uh, 17 years old, turning 18, and I did that. His car is parked in his driveway, connected to the garage and the <gasps> house. And uh, it blew my, up. Me and my other buddies thought it'd be smart to light the Roman candle, and put it in the trunk of the car, and close it, and let him know that his car was the alarm was going off. So we did that. Alarm went off. And the trunk caught fire. You can see the smoke coming out of the, the cracks of the trunk. Yes. And then you hear the boom, the pop <gasps> of the trunk. And then you hear the boom of the gas tank after like 30 minutes. And then you see the garage just go up in flames. Right? Was he in the car? or was No, he, he was in the house. So he calls 911. We get the fire department there. The fire department shows up in exactly like four minutes or less. And the garage is catching fire to the house. So the fire departments come out, they spray everything down, the house doesn't catch fire. Garage is completely like damaged pretty much. The yes. car is gone. Right. And my buddy's like, What happened? My buddy Jake goes, Oh, yeah, we accidentally lit a firecracker and threw it in the trunk to let the smoke go out and it caught fire. We stuck with that story till today. And it worked? It worked. Oh my god. Okay. Great PSA out there to those kids. Firecrackers, and you wanted to put out the smoke so you close the trunk. Listen, if you know Sean Cohn and he's listening, I promise you. You are giving away your identity left and right, honey. <laughs> this is going so not great for you. It's okay. Um, it's so that's okay. the worst thing you've done. Yeah. Have you broken hearts? Tons. What? Yours. You did not break my heart. I broke your heart. Mm-hmm. You broke something else. I broke something <laughs> <laughs> How many boyfriends have you had? In my life? Yeah. No, in the last year. You're married. How many boyfriends that you care about? Eight. What? You have like, you've had one year since you were 18, baby? Were you not that lucky? I don't think having boyfriends means you're lucky. I think it means that you like to settle often. 
No, I just like to suck dick. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to have a boyfriend. Yeah, it does. Some of these guys are like, oh, you need to date me. You've been in Rochester for too long. You've only been in New York as oh, a husband. Oh, because you weren't that way when I first met you. Do you think I was, like, conservative or something? You were very, like... I was fresh out of the closet, probably. I think I was 21 You were, like, this little twink who was, like, fuck me. (laughs) That's the truth. Daniel! That's the truth. I mean, yeah. And I tried to, but you couldn't take it. Okay, you've said that now twice. How, like, proud are you? How not proud are you? I've gotten over it. Have you? Uh, yes. Okay. I I think you were like maybe the first black guy. No, no. But I think you were like the third guy I tried to sleep with, or like maybe fourth. Tried, but like didn't succeed. Yeah, or like it was the first time I it like wasn't able to work. Poor guy, you missed out on a lot. I I guess so. I guess I did. Because now you're married to a white guy. To a white guy. Do you, am, are me and him similar? No. What's different? Because um, you could have never married me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I love that comment and your straight face with it. I love that. The confidence behind that is flawless. Never get rid of that. Um, what's different? He, My husband is... Not to say you're not... Actually, fuck that. My husband's... Uh, Looser. The very powerful guy. Uh, very beautiful guy. Really charming. Uh, can talk his way into and out of any situation. Uh, people come first before him. Super fit, athletic, I'm sure you saw. Uh, really gorgeous, beautiful eyes. Personality to die for. Will give his back, shirt, underwear, shoes to anyone. And he'll walk home naked. That's the kind of person I wanted to marry. And were your other boyfriends like that? No. Did you ever think you could marry any of them? One. Who would not come out of the closet to save his life. Oh. Did you always date white? He's hot, too. Which sucked. Always dated white guys. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Not my... Not like, oh, this is my preference. There's just... I have a... Like... The, it's Rochester, so the black men in Rochester were scarce. Gay black men in Rochester were scarce. Mm-hmm. And we found one, they were either too flamboyant or, like, too ghetto. There was no, like, where's the fucking in-between of the two? Uh-huh. It's true. You're a judgy Betty. I'm very judgy. It's like, I want, like, a well... You know who I want if I want a black guy? Give me a fucking gay Will Smith. Or, like, a... Like, personality-wise. Not face. Not, not the worst. Not face. <laughs> That's the worst to say. Why? Because he's hot, but it's like there's. He's like. Okay, what about fucking? Uh, you you look like a guy who would like a Jussie Smollett or something. Isn't he the one with the scandal? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think. <laughs> exactly. Give me someone with some substance. Like, give me someone. You're th- you're saying give me someone with substance. You're naming these guys. I guess Jussie Smollett's like interesting, but. Will, Will Smith. Smith is a joke. No, he's not. You are psycho. He is. He was in freaking like that movie with the mask. Or, no, he's that's making that's making millions thing. of dollars acting different roles. But if you look at his personality, you got Jada Pickett Smith. He's got a successful career, successful kids. He, he's an outgoing guy. Uh huh. Give me someone who will challenge me in like every day. 
Uh-huh. But not in a ghetto or flamboyant way. No. Why can't they challenge you? You think they're dumb? I'm just not interested in flamboyant men. Why? Uh, because it's just not an interest of mine. Just like sh- like flamboyant men typically like more dominant men, more straight, masculine men. Uh-huh. It's it's my preference. I love. I have tons of friends who are flamboyant. Yeah, great for parties. I fucking love them. They're yeah. hilarious, fun people. Would, am I flamboyanty? No. Um, I think I am. No. Really? No. What do you think I am? I think you are. Um, the word I would f- would use for you is. Not masculine, but like in between, like masculine, or in between, like just you're normal. You're a normal guy. That is probably the most devastating answer you could have said. I'm sorry. You're just real, like, I don't know what it is about you. You're just like so, like, normal. <laughs> normal is a good thing. Such an asshole thing to say. It, 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 let me put it this way. If I looked at you on the street and I didn't say a word, I would think you're straight. With this lion necklace on? Yeah. You've been wearing that lion necklace for the last two years. Like, what is it? Is it like you like to be choked? Like, what is it? No, I like to be seen. (laughs) And you don't think you'd be seen without it? Uh, not the way I want to be. Is that the same lion necklace? It's not the same lion necklace you always wear because you had a really all gold one, I feel like. No, this is it the only one it was on a chain before the chain that's what it was yeah now it's on a, a, I feel like it's thing. like a little like like hidden indicator like a choke me uh huh maybe you're projecting that so are you a bad kisser no I'm very good really you don't remember that nope <laughs> nope I don't I think you have an open marriage uh, that's my business okay so so we're gonna kiss on like on 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 the on the set here, like let your viewers or your listeners listen in. You're a little projector. I am. You have to like project your little thoughts and make Sh- them seem like they're mine. Listen, listen, Daniel. We've made out before, so do you want? Oh, now you remember. <laughs> oh, interesting. Now you remember. I remember you being a horrible kisser. Yes. <gasps> have you gotten better? <laughs> okay, we're getting off of this topic. Okay. Um, you will not work in any other field. I'm glad we're getting out of that topic. I don't want you to get a boner in front of me. You are, you like think that you're sexy, but I think you're not that smart. <laughs> I don't think I'm sexy, and I definitely don't think I'm smart. I think I'm just slightly intelligent. I think you, well, I think you're intelligent enough for your job, and you have one of those jobs that's like slightly. Really, I think you have one of those jobs that's very specific, and you need to have like a specific skill set and like things work but anything out. Anything outside of them, don't. Not uh, not anything outside of them, but just like going on a date with you. Like I couldn't stop rolling my eyes, probably. Because <laughs> okay. you say things like, "Oh, I want a guy like Will Smith, not like his looks, but like his personality." That I could not take. Face value. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Next question. Why do you share on Facebook so much? Um, I think it's important to share firsthand footage and it's raw footage it's body cam footage why is that important i think people like you and viewers who are um constantly challenging the practices and the ethics and the integrity of law enforcement to see raw footage on exactly what they deal with before they comment and get behind a keyboard and talk I think it's imperative for them to see 
exactly what these guys deal with on a day-to-day basis. Because it's rough.com. It's rough.com. I guarantee you, you can give me a thousand of your listeners, if you even have a thousand listeners. Give me them, put them through the academy, and put them through the scenarios that I share, that I experience, they would not last a week. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even last 24 hours. That's fair. What do you? What do people get wrong about the police? Um, I think it, I think it's important to know. Because I think most people think most police officers do a good job and are there to try their best, but that they're also under resourced, and that it's like. I think uh, I, I don't think they're under resourced. No, I think you don't think they need more training and all this. Kind I of would stuff? I would hope that most people think that police officers are most police officers are good people. I would like uh, everyone to really take a step back and understand this. Us as humans always want to blame people or take notice to the things that are negative in life. Mm-hmm. We never really compliment the positives in life. Yes. Okay, unless it's like little babies on TV or puppies. Okay? And when we find the negative things, especially if some of our peers are the people we love the most, celebrities, influencers, etc., focus on a negative topic, everyone drills into that negative topic, it explodes, media explodes it, and then it becomes this big thing. And that's exactly what happened with the shooting of uh, uh, Taekwon Rivera, or the guy down in Florida who was shot by the white man from um, that gated community. Mm-hmm. Then it happened with the guy um, down in South Carolina who was shot five times in the back by the police officer. Mm-hmm. Then you got the police officer who was sitting in his car who shot the white lady in Maryland. Mm-hmm. You have all these incidents where these cops, and it's mixed race. It's like black cop shoots white girl, black cop sh- or white cop shoots black guy. Mm-hmm. Multiple white cops shoot black guy. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys get prosecuted and they go to jail because they did the wrong thing. But you have to look at the ratio of over... 500,000 police officers in the United States versus 20, 30 incidents. The ratio literally outweighs, the good outweighs the bad all, like, by far. But then we revert that back to, like, finance. Let's talk about the guys who are smuggling money and, like, getting arrested for it. Let's talk about the firefighters who are, you know, stealing money from the books because they're volunteers. Let's talk about the lawyers who are, you know, mispracticing. Let's talk about the doctors who are malpracticing. Yeah, all these different fields of careers that people are doing wrong things, but they're not being highlighted in media Mm -hmm. because they don't have a certain level of authority and power. Mm -hmm. That's why that law enforcement has such a bad rep right now is because the media is exploding those small issues, and Mm -hmm. it's spreading across the demographic of all these people. So would you agree that they're small issues? I don't think they're small issues. Individually, they're they're big. They're major issues. in the scope of... But like in the in this, what I'm trying people to who are say bad is, and do wor- bad things at their jobs. What I'm trying to say is, there's bad apples in every single orchard. How you deal with the bad apples is not by exploding on every person in that industry. Yeah, it's finding a way to exonerate and dispatch those bad people finding a way to fill the gap so that we don't have those bad people in the field and you're not punishing the other doctors who could save your fucking daughter's life right. in surgery not saving not punishing the other officers who might show up to the call and drag you out of a fucking domestic violence situation right. Right. it's all about finding a way to 
prevent those bad apples from entering that great field. Yeah, but you would say that like the Black Lives Matter movement is not blowing up the issue. It's just acknowledging that there is an issue, right? I don't think the Black Lives Matter movement. I is, think like, the Black totally Lives Matter cause. movement it does one or two things. I think the first thing they're doing is they're they're providing some visibility over a major issue, right? And that's imperative. I'm with them on that. But there's also a group of individuals, the fucking, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, what's the black guy's name? Uh, With the vest. Yeah, what's his name? His, he went to Bowdoin. Oh, what's Bowdoin. his name? You think he's not doing a good job? Oh, what's his name? Come on, help me out here. I'm f- I forget it. Oh, what's his name? He was, he's on, he was on the news every day for that period of time. And oh, my God, I got it. No, don't search it. Don't search Anyway. You think he is... The listeners know his name. You think he's too... Al Malcolm? Sharpton. Al Sharpton, that motherfucker. That's not who you're talking about. Yes, the fuck oh, it is. Oh, I was is. talking about... Um, Al Sharpton, that guy is a son of a bitch. Okay. And I'm black and he's black and he's a son of a bitch. Okay, we're not talking about that. Um, son you of a think, bitch. Do you think they are, like, militaristic in a bad way or something? Because the, the way the right paints it is... Like I definitely think that Al Sharpton is a son of a bitch. Okay, great. Don't you think Fox News is crazy, though? No. What? CNN is crazier. <gasps> yeah. Daniel. Yes, it's true. Daniel. Yes, it's Because Fox runs a lot of pro-police stories, which is great. CNN and then does, too. Pro All of them do. Like, all of them do. Okay. They all run pro-police, and they all run the opposite. Well, Fox News, not so much. Fox News is all, like, police officer was gunned down, police officer saved someone, police officer honored at this thing. And it's only, like, like they don't cover all of... And whenever there's a, a case of, like, a controversial shooting or whatever, they're always very trepidatious about calling it a certain thing. They're like, this is under investigation, investigation, investigation. Whereas MSNBC, CNN will really jump on How have you found that? Hmm? What's your backup to prove that data? I watched it. I watched the show. Like, the Ingram, what's her name? Ingram, Angle, Tucker Carlson. I can't comment on that. I don't, I don't pay attention enough. Um, okay, you don't watch Fox News. I do. I do. You do? I do. On TV? Yeah. but you have I cable? Do. I guess obviously you make $200,000. <laughs> You're funny. Do you watch it on TV? I do. 44? Oh, I use HD channels, but yeah. It'd be <laughs> 544. Asshole. Asshole. I have that too. I'm just gonna, not going to scroll that long. Um, if you can afford it. I, I can because I, I do. I mean, you have this fancy studio. You must be able to afford it. You're, like, mean. How? You keep trying to turn this into, like, a flirty I'm thing. I'm commenting in the same way you were commenting on me. You know I'm not, what I mean? I'm not commenting on anything. Yeah, you're like, oh, you live on the 30th floor. Oh, you must have money. Uh, uh. It's true. It's true. You have 200,000 monies a year. <laughs> and you don't? That No, not a year. Do you have $200,000? You don't you know how much money I have. That's my, that's my business. You're not going to tell me? No, absolutely not. I'm not anonymous on this, honey. The whole point is that you're anonymous and I'm not. Um, you, Fox News is actually crazy. How many listeners do you have listening typically? 5,000. Oh, that's a good number. Yeah. Yeah. I made it up, but it sounds right, right? <laughs> um, Fox News is crazy. I can't agree with that. You think it's not crazy, Daniel? I can't agree with that. I don't watch them enough to, to, oh. to provide that kind of input. But don't you know they are? I think that all media outlets are crazy. Not NBC. I think you're crazy. In love. Are you single? Yes. Why? Can't find a guy? 
something wrong with you? The lion necklace. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with me. There's what? Nothing wrong with me? Say that one more time. Okay. This is <laughs> <you're> so <laughs> dumb. Um, <laughs> okay, we're wrapping up soon. Um, how does it feel having this much money? I, I don't think I have a lot of money. You live on the 30th floor and you face Empire State Building and, like, fucking World Trade Center from your apartment. <laughs> I don't think I have that much money. I think I do really well in life. I think I've worked hard for it. I think my husband does really well and he you know he does well and you know we have a good life it's it's fun we donate we donate to a lot of charities a lot a lot how many five different ones and do you give like thousands Uh, each year more than yeah more than thousands well we give thousands yeah but more than a couple thousand yeah Yeah, multiple thousand dollars yep to uh, low poverty schools and neighborhoods and LGBT youth. Not just poverty, low poverty. I sit on an advisory board uh, that caters to LGBT youth. Mm-hmm. A human rights campaign. I mm-hmm. sit on their board. You know, there's some. some Not fl- on their board board, mm-hmm. but I like uh, support it. You yeah. know, there's some flamboyant and ghetto ones. That's fine. <laughs> support them all, baby. Even them. Yep. Even them. Even them. Wow. Even, even you. What a heart of gold you have. Um, and you're going to be married forever. I'm going to be what? Married forever. Hopefully. Why? You don't know that for sure? I said hopefully. I hope to be married forever. But you acknowledge that it's his decision as well, etc. I acknowledge that marriages are tough, and hopefully we can get through all the ups and downs that a marriage will throw at us. How many years in are you? Uh, just one. Have you had downs? Yes. Really? Yes. Deep? No. Okay. And more ups than downs? Yes. How long were you dating? Five years. Okay, so you knew each other. Yeah. Like who each other were, like at yep. the essence. All yep. the specimens. Uh-huh. And <laughs> and do you want kids? Uh, five, six years, maybe. I thought you were saying five or six kids, but you want a few kids. A kid. You want maybe one child. One. Maybe and a half of one. Do you care if it's bio? Nope. Yeah, I think adoption is cute. I think so, too. And you're going to be in Connecticut at this time? Give me an Asian baby so I can just retire. That's right. You have one of each. That you got. Look at your little family. It'd be so beautiful. Yeah. And you live in Connecticut? Maybe. Who knows? I love the city so much I might stay here. The city's great. Uh-huh. Well, with the money you're making, you have like a pied de terre and then you have your house. You do that whole thing. And you can have affairs when you're in the city. That's why you... Oh, these, stop it's it. It's the only reason people have pied de terres. Anyway, it sounds like things are going well. Sounds like you got good at kissing. And you think... People should not be afraid on their day-to-day lives of terrorism. Everyone should be afraid. That I disagree with. Everyone should be afraid because there's people like you walking around. People who look just like you're walking around, who are capable of so much dangerous things, everyone should be afraid. Everyone who knows what you look like should be afraid to stand next to you, to be around you, to know you. Because people like you are dangerous. Me specifically. Yes. Just kidding. That was a joke. No, I don't think people should be afraid to walk around. I think New Yorkers are some of the strongest individuals in the country. I think people should be alert and aware. Yes. Right? I think... But not paranoid. No. Because there's nothing we... Besides being smart and being aware and being conscious, things might happen, but things probably won't. I think... And uh, we have people like you working on it. Right? Yeah, yeah, right? You, You got... Listen, we can't do everything. I think people should not ignore 
you know, their impulses and things that, like, make them feel uneasy. I think there is no better judgment than your internal body. Yes, Oprah has so many shows on that. Yeah, and, you know, there was a time where I went to a restaurant when I was, I don't know, I think I might have been 22, 23 years old, and I was carrying my gun privately. I was just concealed carrying. And You do that? Um, n- yeah. Do you do it now? Yeah. What? Yeah. In New York? I have to. <gasps> yeah. Are you now? No, you're not. Can't answer that. <gasps> you might have a gun? Is that a, is that a so gun in your pants? Or you, I'm just kidding. So I was carrying a gun that time, and there was just someone who rubbed me the wrong way. And So you pulled it out, you pointed it at him, and said, get out of here. I'm just kidding. I didn't pull my gun out, but as soon as I, we finished our dinner, it was me, my mom, my sister, and uh, my nephew. The police were outside arresting him. And I don't know what for, uh-huh. and I don't care, but I got a hunch from right. him. It was a negative hunch. Yes. And I, I kept my eyes on him. Yeah. And it was just it was just a small thing, but it obviously was validated. Yes. So I encourage people who go out and they take the subway and they go to restaurants and bars and they get all drunk and hostile and crazy. Or they're in the Target. Just pay attention to your exits. That's the least you can do. Yeah. Know how to get out of places. Yeah. Know how to read people. Know how to listen to your hunches. Yeah. Know how to not have your head into a book on the subway. That's not why subways are made. Yes, it's unfortunate that you can't read a book on the subway, but maybe you should pay more attention to your surroundings. All it takes is two seconds for you to look into a next subway cart and see someone come with a gun. That's then again, that is never going to happen, and you can totally read a book. It's good for your brain. I'm sorry. If you if you really think that that's not possible, you're very wrongly mistaken. I don't think it's not possible, but I think it doesn't help me. I think it's really imperative to pay attention. I think between phones and books, I think you're actually more uh, conscious if you had a book. Sure, that's your perspective. You're telling me you sit on the train and you like sit up straight and you just don't read anything or look at anything, honey? I pay attention to everything. And I'm a great multitasker. Oh, and another which means what? You can be on your phone and be alert? That's uh, everybody. Another thing that backs up my story is energy feeds off of energy feeds off of energy. So what that means is I may be on my phone, but... There's no way that, like, if there's a, t- a catastrophe going on or someone with a gun, it's going to be a silent scenario. Someone's going to scream. Someone's yes, going right. to yell. Someone's going to Right, run. and then you'll be aware. That's what I'm saying. It's like but if you don't already have your exit plan in place, yeah. you don't already have your situational awareness in place, yeah. you don't know how to react. And guess what happens? You fall into that category of the 20 people who trample each other on the train mm-hmm. or the 20 people who, like, freak out and scream in place and they don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. But... If you walk on the train and you say, hey, I got my book, I got my phone, I don't want to read this article, I don't want to read this page, I don't want to read this chapter, but the first thing I did, I took three minutes to look around to scan the area to see where my exits are, to see where I would run if shit the fan, mm-hmm. you're more prepared than the person next to you. That's helpful. That's yeah. nice. That The way you put it at the end is a little nicer than before, like, don't read a book, someone's going to come shoot you from the other car. Sure, fine. Um... I have to say, this conversation weaving between national security and you wanting to have sex with me has been really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Can we kiss now? or No, we're not ever going to kiss. Why? We kissed before. We're going to... Not end, a love tap? We're going to end the podcast not, now. Not a cheek? Come on. You can give me a cheek. Um, Do you give me a cheek? We are going to end the podcast cheek. now. Thank you so much for coming cheek. on. Cheek. Daniel. Cheek. Keep doing the Lord's work. <laughs> He didn't kiss me, guys. He's a lamer.